Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Notre Dame fans. Whenever you are tuning into this show, whether you are live with us, watching back, listening to the podcast version, appreciate you all for making Blue and Gold part of your day. I'm Mike Singer, uh, and uh, my buddy Kyle Kelly is here with me on a Friday morning. This Friday, 10.30 a.m. slot is the new home for our recruiting show. Uh, when I say new home, I should mean the new slots. Um, yeah, we we moved to, to we'll move to Thursdays during football season, and then as the season wraps down, we kind of move to Friday. As our travel slows down, Friday is kind of the better slot, so that we don't have a Wednesday night show and then a Thursday night or excuse me, Thursday mornings, uh, two back to back. So we'll space it out a little bit. Um, so uh, we got Josh in the chat. Josh, good morning. Devin says, let's get it. Lotus says, time to act like I'm actually working. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys spending your morning with us. And of course, Kyle and I get to pretend like we're working as well. We get to do it on a YouTube channel. So um, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Kyle, we'll uh, we'll dive right into it. And folks, of course, um, hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. You guys know what to do, all that good stuff. Uh, but we're going to start with the class of 2025 offensive line updates. Um, from the state of Wisconsin, Michael Roski committed to the uh, in-state Badgers. Notre Dame was after him, but it, you know, I don't think he was like a top, top of the board guy, especially after he um, tore his AC. I believe he tore his ACL, Kyle, in September. Um, so maybe that kind of put Notre Dame on a uh, wait and see mode with him. Uh, and then uh, the Irish dishing out an offer to Jack Lang um, from Missouri, who I know you got to talk to and you had a story up at blueandgold.com on him Thursday night. So I want you to give us a little offensive line recruiting update, Kyle, um, you know, thoughts on some of these moves for the Irish. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's important to say that the reason we're uh, talking about 2025 class recruiting is because the current recruiting cycle 2024 is, basically wrapped up. It's been been like that for a couple months now. Notre Dame typically uh, gets things um, finalized well before the season. I know last year was a little crazy in the 23 cycle because they were on the hunt for a quarterback. Um, I think there might have been another late commitment or two, but Notre Dame's 24 class has been pretty much finalized for um, a few months. The Irish are feeling good about it, and they've gotten a a blazing fast start in the uh, 25 class. I think they're up to about eight or nine commitments. I know we're looking at a a commitment on Monday with Cree Thomas, hoping that he picks the Irish that could move that number up. But yeah, I uh, do my weekly recruiting roundup each week for the uh, blue and gold magazine. And I always have to update the team rankings. And if I'm not mistaken, Notre Dame might have the most uh, commits out of any uh, class in the 2025 cycle. And usually when you think about Notre Dame um, having a lot of early commits, you think of tight ends and you think of offensive line, the two positions that Notre Dame has dominated on the recruiting trail year after year, producing NFL draft pick after NFL draft pack pick. That hasn't been the case in the 25 cycle. They've gotten a lot of the uh, D linemen in the fold. They got their quarterback. They got their running backs. They finally got their tight end and James Flanagan last month, the legacy recruit. Now they're looking for their offensive linemen. And the two guys to know initially were Owen Strebig and Matty Augustine on the offensive tackle uh, spots. I think both those guys are still the priority targets. But Notre Dame, um, they sent out some new offers during the season, one to uh, Easton Ware uh, from Virginia, uh, Lynchburg area. He committed to Clemson, and, you know, there's been a little bit more movement. Michael Roski, a guy from uh, Watoma, Wisconsin, who I went and saw uh, back in, I think it was like the first day of September or late late August, um, comes from a uh, very small town in uh, Wisconsin, uh, only 2,000 people there. And uh, I remember when I interviewed him, I talked to him for about 20 minutes. He was about a great interview. He talked about – a lot of the small-town Wisconsin kids going to Wisconsin, uh, one of them being Ryan Ramchek, uh, who went to the Badgers, ended up being a first-round uh, draft selection uh, by the New York State or the New Orleans Saints. 
So uh, I always said in the back of my mind that maybe Notre Dame could pull off the upset there with Joe Rudolph since uh, Rudolph coached uh, Ramchek and a lot of those guys when he was at Wisconsin. But uh, ultimately, Roski um, decided to stay in home with the Badgers. Wasn't a, a big surprise. I thought Notre Dame could possibly make a move there, especially after they host him for the September 23rd Ohio State game. But as you mentioned, Mike, a, a knee injury earlier this season and you know, that's just how it goes in recruiting sometimes. Uh, these teams want to see how recruits bounce back um, from those injuries sometimes. And uh, so knee injury for Roski, uh, Notre Dame, after he committed to Wisconsin, decided to expand the uh, offensive line board. And that's where it brings us today with Jack Lang from Eureka, Missouri High School. Late bloomer. Um, it kind of feels funny to say that uh, with the junior class, but I guess uh, with where we are in recruiting, he's a little bit on the later end with the junior cycle. Uh, got his first offer from Nebraska in June after camping there. Now has about a dozen Power 5 offers. Uh, visited Notre Dame on the 28th for the Pittsburgh game. The Irish finally offered him, uh, I think it was on Wednesday. And I talked to Lang on uh, last night, Thursday night. Irish are going to be in a battle with about a handful of schools here. And, uh, you know, I don't really get the sense that, you know, Lang is going to be a top-of-the-board guy like Strebick and Augustine, two guys that have been there um, for several months now. But this is a guy that uh, Notre Dame fans should definitely get to know on his uh, phone call with Joe Rudolph. Rudolph compared him to Joe Alt with his hip flexibility. That's always a good sign. And uh, he's being covered by a lot of other Power 5 schools, so I'm interested to see where he ends up on. Notre Dame's board as we enter the uh, fall and spring or winter and spring months. It, you and your um, uh, hold on, guys, I'm switch microphone. I had the wrong microphone. Okay, you and your uh, your your top of the board thing. It, it, like they're gonna prioritize Jack Lang, that's for sure. Um, I mean they're gonna take what three, four offensive linemen again in this class, and uh, I think they would be over the moon to add Lang. Like you said, Jack Lang. That's how you pronounce it, Jack Lang. Uh, to my knowledge, it is Lang. Yeah, Jack, Jack Lang, Matty Augustine, and uh, Owen Strebig. And uh, yeah, so I think that's that's just uh, how it's going to be, Kyle. Um, yeah, just you and your top of the board. You crack me up. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious, man. If Jack Jack Lang was a priority guy, he would have got the offer much longer. But ago. you said he's a late bloomer, so like. Do you, you know, we're not going to do this today, Kyle, because we've done this before. We both know what the recruiting sheet says. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, which is that he's a he's a priority target now. And that's just, that's just what it is. The, just, like, I, what I don't want is for us to determine what the priority is just based on, like, following recruiting and, like, our knowledge of recruiting, which we know recruiting – but like we can't be the mouthpiece for Notre Dame and like put out there what exactly it is um, in terms of like who exactly like that, that that can just be a little tricky, which sometimes we do have to do that. But like I don't know for for this like is would Notre Dame take his commitment today? Yes. So does that make him a priority? Yes. And that's kind of the end of it. Um, the you brought up in, in your beginning talk, Kyle. You the 2024 class and kind of like how it's nearly done. And as I was like prepping for the show, I was like, man, we, we really don't talk a whole lot about 2024 because it is mostly wrapped up. So folks being like, well, what is going on? Mike on Demondi Boko, which little teaser, I will have a story up on blue and gold.com on him early this afternoon. He's the Georgia commit six, four and a half, 355 pounds. Uh, interior defensive lineman Notre Dame looking to flip him from the Bulldogs um, two-time defending champs so that's kind of the latest for 2024 like last year Kyle like yeah you mentioned the quarterback down the stretch but it was so much about just holding on holding on to the class you had those decommitments late Jaden Lamar Dylan Edwards uh, of course Peyton Bowen so no, not a whole lot of drama late in the cycle is actually a pretty good thing because that means that you know these guys are sticking with Notre Dame and um, I don't foresee any decommits 
um, you know, ahead of National Signing Day for Notre Dame. Um, can that change? Obviously, got a Boko pulled up on the screen. Could it change to where there are more targets than him on the board? Of course, you know, the likes of Caleb Beasley, Justin Scott seem like more and more of a fleeting, um, you know, shot for the Irish to flip those guys from, you know, Tennessee and Ohio State. Um, and even Carter Nelson, who visited for the USC game, that is starting to look like a long shot as well. So Boko took an official for the uh, Ohio State game back in September, um, and Notre Dame continued to work on him. So, yeah, really just down the stretch, it's keep your current guys committed. Try to flick, flip a Boko um, from Georgia, and then uh, we'll see if there's any other surprises down the stretch here, what, three, four weeks from National Signing Day. Could be good surprises, could be bad surprises. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at. And then, yeah, I mentioned Jack Lang. Um, visited for the Pittsburgh game. Uh, Notre Dame sources were really excited about him um, and uh, definitely anticipated him getting an offer. And that was just his first visit to Notre Dame as well. So I think that's another kind of notes um, that uh, staff wanted to get him on campus, see him, um, because I, I do think that there's a decent chance that they'll be able to get him. So. Um, just to kind of make sure that that offer is one that they were um, really, um, you know, wanting to make. Um, so we're we got more topics uh, to cover Notre Dame football recruiting. Of course, you are if you are with us live or watching back, hit that thumbs up um, to help support what we're doing here at Blue and Gold, and subscribe to our channel if you have not done so yet. But I'm sure most people watching this have done so. But if there's a few that have not, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Bob Morris is in the chat. Says, "Let's go, Dynasty ISP." Says, "What's up?" Let's get this W tomorrow, of course, brother. Um, Notre Dame, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. And we'll talk about the recruiting weekend um, in a little bit as well. But we are first, Kyle, going to hear from Tell the People. It's going to be some prize picks. That's that's right, Kyle. Uh, so the prize picks is the uh, sponsor for uh, today's show. Um, you, you you make different entries. You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize pick projections, then you can win 25 times your money on an entry if you go six players selected and you go that power play. Um, gets even better because all first-time users that deposit and use promo code BGI will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit 100 bucks. Prize picks will give you 100 bucks. You deposit 50, they'll give you 50. That's just free money, folks. So download the app or go to prizepicks.com. Make sure you use that promo code BGI. Uh, many sports guys, PGA, uh, college and pro um, for men's and women's basketball, NCAA, uh, excuse me, NASCAR, MMA, cricket, soccer, you know, Counter Strike Go, all, all sorts of crazy stuff, guys. Um, so uh, check it out. Uh, prizepicks.com they do fun weekly promotions where uh, like taco tuesdays you know uh, players will they'll, they'll trim down their projections so you can hit that more they do flex friday uh, which i will certainly be getting in the mix um on that uh in about an hour or so when uh, they drop the, the the flex friday option um so yeah check it out um prizepicks.com and uh for this week's prize picks kyle just drew this up about what two minutes before we went live, if not sooner. I got Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has been great for me. Zach Wilson, and give me the more two oh two point five. Look, did he play great last week um, against the Raiders? No, but did he throw for two hundred sixty three yards and hit me that more? Yes, he did. So we're going more on Zach Wilson. And then C.J. Stroud has been lighting it up lately, um, 470 yards and 356 yards in his past couple games. Give me the more on his passing total of 267. So we're going the power play, um, and uh, yeah, I feel feel you know pretty good about that one. And then I think the last week, um, what was my last one we did on that show? Sometimes I'll throw out some wild ones. Um, but this was like a protected play. So I think this was a flex Friday. So um, you do a flex bet on a Friday, read the terms and conditions, but it basically is um, an entry that if you don't uh, hit that, they'll, they'll give you your uh, money back in promotion. Uh, so last week it was a loss. Um, it was Deshaun Watson 
We hit the more on Deshaun, but Brock Purdy threw more than uh, two touchdowns, which he hasn't, which he hadn't done in a while. But can't win them all. But uh, we did the week before, so um, you love that was Zach Wilson, Justin Herbert, that entry. So, um, so yeah, prize picks. Check it out. Um, use that promo code BGI instant deposit. Match up to one hundred bucks. All right, Kyle. Moving along. Um, you know when we had texted about. Um, you know, topics for today's show, you wanted to hit on Notre Dame and kind of this NFL pedigree. That's actually a big uh, article I did for the magazine. I got to, or our uh, summer magazine, I interviewed um, Brian Erlocker and Jerome Bettis. Uh, who else did I talk to? Uh, Jim Flanagan. Some of these, you know, uh, big, I mean, the last two Notre Dame names and NFL names, um and, and of course uh brian urlacher his son's now committed to notre dame but it's not just with those guys now kyle i mean obviously um you know bryce young um with with his dad being a notre dame legend and nfl hall of famer and then there's some other names as well that i know you wanted to talk about so um yeah kyle notre dame and nfl legacy and also spe- especially with these guys who are notre dame and nfl legacies you know like a bryce young Yes, sir. It's uh, kind of interesting, and I, I know uh, I haven't really been covering Notre Dame recruiting as long as you. I, you have a little bit more uh, experience under your belt, but I find it uh, pretty interesting just uh, how successful Notre Dame's been with targeting, targeting those NFL legacies, and it uh, tend to pay it off. You look at uh, the two guys on Notre Dame's roster right now, the best players on each side of the ball, Joe Walt and uh, Benjamin Morrison. Both those guys uh, come from the have an NFL pedigree, and in the twenty four cycle, I, I know you mentioned it. They got kind of a double dose with the Notre Dame and NFL legacies with uh, Bryce Young, uh, the son of Bryant Young, who played at Notre Dame in the nineties. Uh, ended up going on to have like a fourteen year NFL career with the Forty ers Ended up Pro Football Hall of Famer. I know uh, you got to see Bryce Young and his father uh, at Charlotte. Uh, Christian uh, earlier this fall, his dad's a defensive line coach, what I thought, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, they got him into the class in the uh, 24 cycle. And then in 25, they got uh, James Flanagan, who is father, Jim Flanagan, as you mentioned, also played at Notre Dame. I think uh, on that same um, defense with uh, Bryant Young, they actually went in the uh, same draft. I, I think the, uh, the bears ended up drafting, um, uh, Jim Flanagan, uh, James's father in the, the third round. And uh, his father, uh, James's father, is also the defensive line coach at uh, Notre Dame Taylor Bay Academy in Green Bay. So not only are, are Notre Dame getting a couple, uh, you know, double legacies, but both those guys have been mentored, uh, you know, under their fathers for quite a long time. And I don't know if this is a coincidence where Notre Dame is just identifying a few recruits um, that have uh, their, their fathers played in the NFL, but I know in the uh, 25 and 26 cycles, uh, there's a couple guys that uh, Notre Dame scouted as well. The first one being Ivan Taylor, the son of uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back Ike Taylor. I know as a uh, Browns fan growing up that uh, the elder Taylor gave Cleveland a lot of fits uh, through the years, and he was a uh, very challenging test for those abysmal Browns quarterbacks through the years and uh, Taylor won two Super Bowls uh, with the Steelers and his son is now a major Notre Dame target he'll be making his second visit uh, this weekend another NFL legacy on on campus will be Thomas Davis Jr. he is the son of former Carolina Panther longtime Carolina Panther Thomas Davis Davis played, uh, I think, two other um, with two other NFL teams during his career. Uh, Davis is a 2026 recruit, so on three only evaluates about 100 of those guys um, before their sophomore seasons. Davis didn't get a rating yet from on three, but as you see, 24/7 Sports and Rivals both have him as a a top 100 recruit already. He has, I, I think, about seven Power Five offers, few from the SEC and ACC. 
And, you know, Notre Dame usually waits to offer a lot of their uh, sophomore recruits uh, on Pot of Gold Day, the St. Pat- Patrick's Day theme recruiting event. I know over the last two years they offered about 65 guys, uh, 65 guys reported new offers at least. There's always a few stragglers um, in the days after Pot of Gold Day. Uh, this year it seemed like there was more than uh, the years past, but I know they started that back in 2022 when uh, – uh, the 2022 cycle when Freeman was the defensive coordinator in uh, 2021. Yep. So I know there's already about a dozen uh, 2026 class offers that have gone out. Those are pretty pretty unique. It usually comes when a Notre Dame coach visits uh, one of the high schools during the contact period. That's pretty – or maybe camp at Notre Dame. But I don't even think Notre Dame offered any 26 kids that camped um, this summer. So – Pretty much they wait to, to offer a lot of those guys uh, come March. And I, I think there's a couple offers that have gone out privately already and just waiting to post those on St. Patrick's Day. And I think Thomas Davis could definitely be a candidate um, come March to, to get another Notre Dame offer. And just another guy I know I mentioned in the chat, um, Notre Dame hosts a uh, 2025 wide receiver from Zionsville, Indiana, the son of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Eugene Hilton, um, not as marquee as a uh, of a recruit, doesn't have a ton of Power Five interests. I know there is about a handful of schools, Michigan State being one of them, that are they're really prioritize or God forbid I say prioritizing, but really liking Eugene Hilton uh, in the twenty twenty five class. So I just found it unique, you know, yep. this big trend that Notre Dame has going on, and it, it's really been successful so far. When you look at the NFL guys that they've they've had on the roster. So uh, the NFL legacies, I should say. So we'll see if Notre Dame can make another big move uh, this weekend with uh, Taylor and uh, Thomas Davis, son, Thomas Davis Jr. And uh, maybe they'll just have a, a roster full of uh, uh, sons of former NFL players in the future. Yeah. I've got three thoughts here. Good stuff, Kyle. Um, let's see. We'll, and we'll see if I can remember all of them. One, I think that well, Kyle, Every single time I've talked to one of these NFL slash, you know, Notre Dame NFL legacies, their fathers, I'm like, ask them, does Notre Dame that four for 40 mean more to you because you lived that, right? You played college ball, you played in the NFL, and now you're having to do things after football's over. Like, does that four for 40 pitch kind of mean more to you? And it, it, it's a resounding like, yes, like it, that's very important. So I think that Notre Dame has more of an impact in recruiting some of these legacy and, you know, NFL Notre Dame legacies because again, their fathers lived that. So that is definitely one thing talking about uh, Bryce Young. Um, like he is an example of um, like with, with Notre Dame, they they really do care about the bloodlines. Like that's an important trait to them. Like that is something that they'll consider. Like, no, if, if this oh oh this is the son of of Bryant Young, well that must mean he's going to be good. No, it's it's not like that. But you see like the physical traits of a Bryce Young, and it it is like a data point to know like oh who his father is. That is an important thing during the recruiting process. Um, and yeah, like Bryce specifically, like Notre Dame thinks he's like a create a player in Madden well actually I've been saying that but I'm sure they would agree with me like they they think is a freak show like they think that Bryce Young is like a five-star player um and I've been calling him a creator Madden so I can't you know give them credit for that because I'm gonna take that but Bryce Young you see him in person uh, especially during his senior year like wow he's uh he's an impressive looking um player so Notre Dame getting a really good one and who might end up like a top 100 player across the board who knows uh, but Bryce Young, I know, uh, just in talking with the guys that on three, that I, I think he could beat Kyle for in, in line with an, for another bump, um, just from what they are uh, telling me. Yeah, and I, I want to mention uh, Bryce Young, just the development he has had um, over the two years. I, I can't remember if you were at the camp. Um, he wasn't at the Irish Invasion camp. He went yeah, to the, one of the, the Sunday after. Yeah, I was, I was not at that one. Yeah, so he went to the evaluation camp in like 2022, so about 15 months ago, and he was just like this long, lengthy, a little bit on the skinnier end kid. 
Um, and just the development from then until now, he's added like 50 pounds. His senior season was insane. It wrapped up last, uh, I think it was a Friday night game against Providence Day in Charlotte. Um, they lost in the, I think it was the semifinal or quarterfinal or semifinal round. And uh, that North Carolina Independent Schools Athletic Association uh, division, 12 games. Here are the stats for Bryce Young. 97 tackles, 55 of them solo. 18 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, 12 quarterback hurries, three pass breakups, three forced fumbles, three forced or fumble recoveries. Also had a block punt, blocked field goal. Those stats are just insane. Like some of the competition that they're going against is, you know, pretty outstanding as well. I know Providence Day has the top offensive tackle in the 25 class, David Sanders Jr., who Notre Dame offered. Unfortunately, just never anything has come of it so far. I, I don't think anything's going to come of it either. He's really looking at the Clemson, Alabama, Georgia's, Ohio State's, Florida State's. But they play Providence Day twice this year. And I know a, a good chunk of a good, uh, a fair amount of those stats, I'd say, considering there were a sixth of the his output uh, came against David Sanders. So, I, I mean, you're right. Uh, an absolute freak show <laughs> coming to Notre Dame next fall. And you look at like the defensive line and I don't want to go crazy about, you know, team stuff here because we are a recruiting show, but I think it's okay to mention that Notre Dame, they're going to be without Javante Jean-Baptiste next year. Nana Osafo Mensa could be gone. Jordan Batello, he could be gone. Howard Cross, most likely gone. Riley Mills could also be gone. There's going to be a lot of turnover on this defensive line. I know, Notre Dame's had guys in the uh, they've wait, been waiting in the rain, said so been hoping to play, see some more uh, increased opportunity. But don't be surprised if next fall we're watching Notre Dame games and you see uh, Bryce Young out on that field. Yeah. Uh, the third thought that I forgot to mention you, it was Howard Cross. When when Kyle, when you were like the best player on both sides of the ball, Joe Alt, my mind went to Howard Cross on defense because Howard Cross' father also it's played in the season. NFL. Yeah, certainly uh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Morrison probably is, but well, Xavier Watts too. Yeah, well, yeah, Xavier Watts. But yeah, my mind with Howard Cross. There's another NFL um, legacy guy, so it it is impressive. And then talking about um, Bryce Young in that camp. So this is the picture of Bryce Young getting an offer from Notre Dame. This is him with Marcus Freeman. This going into his junior year of high school, and then here is senior year Bryce Young. Um, yeah, he's, he, he's just developed a lot, you know, physically and, and, and as a football player, um, for sure. And Michael asks, is Bryce Young, um, an early enrollee? And he most certainly is right now. My count is 15 early enrollees to eight non-early enrollees. So that I think that might tie the record for Notre Dame, um, as well. Folks, we're going to hear from my perfect franchise, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you answered yes to any of these questions, or if you answered no but you want to learn more, well, Andy Ludicky is the guy that you're going to want to talk to. A franchise veteran, he's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and using Andy's expertise, he's going to help others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Give Andy a call at 404-973-9901. Put your life and career in your own hands, and best of all, his services are 100% free to you, so what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Again, his phone number, 404-973-9901, myperfectfranchise.net. Thank you for sponsoring uh, today's show. All right, Kyle, a few more topics to get to. I want to go now to your trip to see uh, Kevin Hume's Baltimore St. Francis Academy, a program that is a national powerhouse loaded with Division I prospects year in and year out. Notre Dame, man, have they ever landed? I know you did a piece on um, Notre Dame and recruiting the school, but I don't know. Notre Dame, like the last time they landed a player from this school, they'll always offer like a half dozen 
um, at, at at this school at any point in time, but they just never are really able to make a move. But Kevin Humes, Notre Dame is looking good in this recruitment. His top five is coming today. I would be shell-shocked if the Fighting Irish don't make the list. So um, first, Kyle, let's talk about his game um, that you saw, and then um, we'll talk about his recruitment and, and what you what you think about that. Yeah, I'll just start with a brief overview of his game real quick. Um, <laughs> this has been a theme all year. I, I feel like I don't pick the best games to go to, but it's just how my schedule comes together, folks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry that we don't get these outstanding highlights of unbelievable interceptions and diving pass breakups and punt return touchdowns. But Kevin Humes didn't allow a, a reception all game. Um, hardly was really targeted. St. Francis Academy didn't play a great opponent. Um, I apologize if we have any Canadians in the chat. And if we do, please uh, put the phonetic pronunciation of this city. But I think they played Mississauga Clarkson Football North uh, from Ontario. Kind of interesting story about their football program. They only play um, United States schools. So, like, I know the Canadian rules are a little bit different. You can kind of do a lot more movement pre-snap. But these guys are pretty in tune uh, with American football. A lot of their team. Uh, group of five guys, maybe a power five prospect or two, but St. Francis Academy is loaded across the board with these power five guys, specifically in their secondary, where they have three corners that are all power five corners, all guys Notre Dame offered. First one in the 24 class being Ifio Baiglu, uh committed to Oregon in May. Then Blake Woodby, a 2025 class guy that had a pot of gold day offer, he committed to Ohio State. Then there's Kevin Humes, uh, who is probably the third guy in that secondary. That's how uh, on three has those guys ranked, at least. I know it's a little bit funny with uh, if he being a 24 guy, but Humes is the lowest ranked of the guys. But that's basically just because he – just started playing cornerback only a couple years ago, whereas a lot of these guys at St. Francis, they've uh, been fine-tuned at their positions for years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really liked what I saw, and I want to bring up this quote from his head coach um, at St. Francis Academy because this is exactly what I saw from him most on the field was his speed and his quickness. Yeah. Um, St. Francis head coach said, and I quote, he's physically gifted and fast as all hell. He can burn 4-4, 40-yard dash time, possibly in the 4-3. So Notre Dame in a good spot here. I think we can dive into his recruitment a little bit. But, yeah, I didn't really see a ton of highlights on Friday night. Just him locking down guys. Was in the area of two passes, no catches allowed. And I think St. Francis Academy, they won that game like 45-6. to uh, Funny enough, uh, Mississauga Clarkson football north. They scored a uh, walk-off touchdown. Didn't shake St. Francis Academy's hands on their way up back north. So that's how that game went on Friday night. Hmm. Then, yeah, um, talking about the recruitment, Notre Dame looks to be in a good spot. And, Kyle, we've talked about, like, a big three of sorts for 2025 corner recruiting in the past um, of um, uh, Mark Zachary – um, who are, who are the other two? Mark Zachary, Creed Thomas, Creed, of course, Creed Thomas, and then who's the third? Who's the third? We really have been talking about a ton. Nancy escaped me. So I'm gonna, I so while we're looking this up, I do want to mention yesterday that so there was a little bit of movement um, on Notre Dame's cornerback board where uh, Dorian Brew, who Notre Dame offered back in January, who. I think was really trending toward an Irish commitment back in the winter. Uh, he was playing his high school football in Ohio, but for whatever reason, after that January visit, Notre Dame just fell out of the mix from him. And uh, he made it official um, yesterday, dropped the top 10. Notre Dame's no longer in it. Yeah. I think Notre Dame's been out of it for a while now, but just want to provide an update there. Cause I know there's a lot of Notre Dame crystal balls coming out of that visit. He ended up moving to uh, Texas to play uh, for his dad, I think, who's an assistant coach at uh, one of the teams down in Texas. Yeah. So, anywho, I, I so, did yeah. want to yeah, mention that, that there has been a little bit of movement from that aspect. Yeah, I think that move was 
I mean, months ago, honestly. I mean, just kind of, yeah, the top 10, making it, making it more official. Dallas Golden was the other one. So that had kind of been like the three that like, all right, Notre Dame, these guys are visiting consistently. So Dallas Golden from Tampa, um, Berkeley Prep. Um, let me share my screen. So Dallas Golden from Tampa, Berkeley Prep. Uh, Cree Thomas, Phoenix, Brophy Prep. Um, and then uh, Mark Zachary, Andy Ben Davis. Devin Williams from Buford, Georgia. I mean, so it's not just like th- those are the only three targets. Like there are many others, uh, but like those are the three kind of felt best about that were also top of the board kind of guys. And then Devin Williams is another huge target. Trey McNutt, Kyle, it, I can't remember. Are they looking at him as a corner now? Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky. It's it's been tricky for me to understand, for Trey to understand. So it's so, just kind of a both. It's defensive back. I, okay. I think they see him as like that Thomas Harper role. Yeah. So then, and then Humes, I feel like it's it's maybe even like a a, a a four now of like guys who have are visiting consistently. I mean, Humes has been to campus twice this year, and Humes is definitely a top of the board guy. So, any, any thoughts on Kevin Humes' recruitment, Kyle? Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty competitive one, and. Notre Dame finds itself in a much better position than I kind of anticipated. Okay. Like, I, so I I did my extensive St. Francis Academy story on Wednesday morning. Basically, my story was that here we go. The uh, one of the top high school football programs in America um, that has a Catholic heritage, and I believe it was like uh, one of the oldest Catholic high schools in America. Um, never landed a commitment there from. St. Francis Academy, or at least signed a guy in the modern recruiting era, which kind of dates back about two decades to 2002. Now, one reason for that was St. Francis Academy, their football program just was never great for a long time. I think over the last handful of years is when they really became a national program and had Notre Dame caliber guys. Uh, Another part of that story, Marcus Freeman was the first Notre Dame head coach to ever go there. So Notre Dame never really bothered recruiting St. Francis Academy. I mean, they've offered about a dozen guys since 2019. But I think this cycle is where they've really taken it seriously to to look at landing a guy from there. And Kevin Humes is kind of the one to know. Academics are really high from his uh, on his list. That's something his coach told me. His coach also told me that him and his mother are really close. His mother is you know really loves Notre Dame, which I know that's been a kind of a theme um, under Marcus Freeman and, and the pitch he's made to, to recruits families that his families have really um, gelled with Notre Dame and, you know, really those, the pitch has really resonated with them. So Notre Dame is in a good spot here, but I really loved your report on Monday night. And I was kind of joking with your lucky charms that you stole my thunder a little bit because you gave some insight into Kevin Humes's recruitment. We did not talk about Kevin Humes at all after mm-hmm. my visit about the nitty gritty of his recruitment at all. You mean and, like me and you? Like internally? Yes, you, you, yeah, yeah. yes. You and I specifically, we never talked about it yet. Um, and I had already had my report written for Tuesday morning when you published your lucky charms and I read yours. And I think we're both talking to some different people uh, on this recruitment. And we both had the, the same Intel that this recruitment is Alabama, Oregon and Notre Dame. Those are the okay. three schools, and those are the three, in my opinion, locks in his top five today. And if Notre Dame does earn a commitment from Kevin Humes, it will be because they beat out the Crimson Tide and Ducks. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we see this recruitment right now. I think that'll become official this afternoon with the top five. Um, I know you mentioned, I think, a winner possible commitment is what we're looking at for Kevin Humes. I think. Spring might be more likely. Basically, I think the easy way to say it, we're not expecting a, a commitment date to come out of this top five like we get with prospects sometimes. But that's kind of where Notre Dame's at for Kevin Hume, just that uh, top three, you know, those three core schools yeah. battles with the other few kind of lurking in the background. I'm going to be honest, Kyle. I had to pull up the articles. I did not remember. I knew I wrote about Humes, but I did not write. I, I did not remember writing about – Yeah. Alabama and Oregon. If I did wrote the feeling is that the fighting Irish near the top of his list right along with Alabama and Oregon. So, uh, so there you go. I did not, but I did write that. I think Maryland <laughs> is the safe bet to make the top five as well. Maybe they're kind of like a running fourth, but I think Maryland probably has a, as a decent chance 
um, to make it. I wouldn't be surprised if they were left out. Really? Okay. All right. There you go. He's got he's got some competitive schools where he might have to leave the, the in home in state school out because he's got Georgia, he's got LSU, Penn sure. State, Tennessee. So, sure. yeah, I know. Um, typically with these uh, Maryland kids, they like to give the home school some love, but okay. this might be the first time they don't make it. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Good intel from Kyle Kelly. Well, when Kevin Humes is on the field, he does not leave people open. But I will tell you guys what is open, and that is now Augie's Locker Rooms, brand new location, 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend, Indiana. So if you are in town this weekend, or really any weekend, you got to go. Like, we have people on our message board all the time, like, hey, I'm in South Bend for the first time. Like, what do I need to do? Here is your answer. It is stopped by Augie's locker room. Again, they just move locations. They're at 1733 North Ironwood Drive, South Bend, Indiana. Um, Augie's is a great guy. Um, I mean, shop local. That's what you're going to want to do, um, you know, to learn more about this. Um, and, and his online store here is Augie'sLockerRoom.com. He's got new stuff in. All of the time, so support Augie. Check out the shop when you go um, to South Bend, or if you're local, you got to make sure you check out the new location. Show some love. Say Mike from Blue and Gold um, sent me. Um, so grand opening celebration is this weekend. There's going to be prizes, free giveaways, and more. So give Augie a call. Um, I'm sure his contact. Oh, 574-277-6363. They have all sorts of cool stuff. Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, so one-of-a-kind rock me items. Joe Montana signed items. Jerry McKenna is a famous sculptor who has replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. Um, and, yeah, Augie gets new stuff in all of the time. So check it out, AugieSLockerRoom.com. Give them a call, 574-277-6363. And that new address, again, folks, 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend. So thank you, Augie. He has been a sponsor of um, Blue and Gold since I've been at Blue and Gold for, you know, four and a half years. Um, so we really appreciate Augie. Um, so Kyle, I wanted to talk about the recruiting weekend. It's, I mean, it's not super marquee. And I've talked about this on my uh, Tuesday update with Darren. It's like Notre Dame is going to push their biggest visitors for the USC and Ohio State. So when they're talking to their big 24, 25 guys, it's like, hey, if you're going to come to one game this year, let's make it to one of those two games because of the atmospheres of those those um, uh, of those electric nights, um, you know, inside Notre Dame Stadium. But you know, if if you're going to come up for another game, obviously you can do that. You know, like Pitt game had a few notable visitors on campus. Like, hey, maybe someone like Derek Meadows couldn't go to Ohio State or USC for Notre Dame, uh, but they will make it up. Uh, you know, for that late October. Yeah, the primetime games. Um, also, yeah, Kyle just met, uh, sent me a message. That primetime games are more opportunity for the kids to get to camps, right? It's a 7.30 kickoff. They could travel all day. That's certainly um, a factor as well. 3.30 kickoff. Someone from Vegas is a little bit diff more difficult to um, get to campus. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this weekend it's more about commits. There is one huge target on campus, Ivan Taylor, who we've talked about. Um, non-stop really on this show, Winter Garden, Florida, West Orange, um, 5'11", 163 pounds, number 103 overall player, number eight safety per the 2025 on three industry ranking. I love them at corner at Irish Invasion. Speaking of Meadows, he, that those guys were, in my opinion, the top two players at the camp. And, uh, at least until like Kane Williams was there, but Kane Williams didn't do the one-on-one. So maybe the top two players in the one-on-one -on -one portion, um, they were both fantastic. Ivan Taylor looking to play safety at Notre Dame. So he's really the big target to know. But in, there's also a handful of commits. You got your two quarterbacks uh, in the 24 and 25 classes, CJ Carr and Deuce Knight, respectively. They'll be in, on campus. A couple of running back commits, Aeneas Williams in the 24 class, Justin Thurman in the 25 class, Cam Williams, five star receiver, respected to be on campus. A few linemen. You got Styles Prescott, offensive lineman. From the Hoosier State, Sean Savalano. Speaking of Canada, we talked about a little bit. He's from uh, Canada and now plays his high school ball in Clearwater, uh, Florida. Logan Thomas, 
um, from a Cleveland St. Edward a, a defensive end commit for the Irish. Dom Hulak, that money position. We talked about him a lot last week, 2025 commit. Kingston Villiamuasa, four-star linebacker, pledged from St. John Bosco in Southern California, expecting him to be on campus, as well as Tate Johnson, in-state safety, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and then a couple defensive backs from Ohio committed to Notre Dame in the 24 class, Tabron Benny Powell and Carson Hobbs. So those are the commits. There's a handful, guys, a handful of underclassmen. Kyle, you posted your uh, visitor preview on the article, or excuse me, on the site already. You posted that? Yeah. So you can check that out at balloongold.com. Um, you know, more names. I mean, it's it's loaded with underclassmen. Tons of guys that Notre Dame will offer, you know, next year. Um, maybe not tons. At least a few you would expect. Like of this 2020, like the 2026 visitors will end up getting offers from Notre Dame at some point. So um, Kyle talked about Thomas Davis Jr. Um, earlier. I would be stunned if he doesn't get an offer from Notre Dame at some point. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of the rundown of the recruiting weekend. Greg just posted a question. Are you guys going to have a transfer portal show outlining what the Irish may need and who may be the targets? I mean, the thing with like who may be the targets, that's very much like we're not going to speculate a ton. If we have reports and whatnot, we will definitely do that on our Wednesday shows with Tim Hyde. Um, but yeah, I, I think like outlining what Tim and I think Notre Dame should do in the transfer portal. I think that would be like a great, um, you know, Wednesday after Stanford. Like that'd be a great idea. So Greg, I like that. Uh, hopefully I remember. So uh, just shoot me like a DM or email or something around that time to make sure we cover that in the show and we will we'll definitely do that so greg i appreciate the uh the question there uh kyle the last thing that i wanted to actually two quick things i wanted to cover with you so when you got to see kevin humes in baltimore you also went to the ravens game you saw kyle hamilton's crazy pick you were even doing some i was at the apple store getting new phone and i looked down and i'm seeing kyle kelly doing some live reporting on ronnie stanley um, cause you were at the game. Just tell us about the, your experience. Um, you know, at that Ravens game, seeing some Notre Dame guys. Yeah, I can't help myself. Um, you know, it just means, yeah, just being, well, I have more on that, but, uh, yeah, you know, diehard Browns fan, or at least I was that way growing up. It's tough to be a diehard Browns fan these days, but yeah, it just made sense for me to, uh, head to M and T bank stadium on Sunday and, uh, the Baltimore Ravens featured Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, Sam Mustafer, former Irish offensive lineman, and of course Kyle Hamilton, uh, number one or uh, first round draft selection last year at safety. And then uh, Notre Dame um, also had uh, produced Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, personally my favorite player on the Browns. Maybe that's because he went to Notre Dame, but he's a stud on that defense. Funny enough, I didn't share this with you, Mike, but I actually met his dad on uh, oh, cool. Sunday yeah. after the game. So I, I just talked to him briefly, let him know who I was, and um, told him congratulations on the win. So, Mr. Wusu Kormoa, if you're uh, watching this show, it was uh, great to meet you, and uh, your son's an excellent football player. So, uh, yeah, I went to that game, and, you know, back to the, the reporter in me. So I have a couple friends on the Browns beat, and – I was sitting behind the Browns bench and Deshaun Watson, uh, Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, he went down with an injury early on in the game and it appeared it was an ankle injury. He was kind of limping around. He ended up, might have finished the half in the locker room or something like that. Either way, so when he came back in the second half, he he kept moving his shoulder. He kept going like this, mm -hmm. the right shoulder. The shoulder's been the issue all year. And... I'm texting texting my friend that's on the Browns beat. I'm saying, this is what happened with Deshaun. He's doing this. And he looked like he was short-arming all his throws, like he was playing darts. And I'm texting this guy this. So after the game, this is what I used to do growing up. I was such a diehard Browns fan and wanted to be a Browns beat reporter so bad that after every single Browns game, I'd always listen to the post-game press conferences and post-game shows. So I went back to my Browns roots um, on Sunday. I listened to the post-game press conference because I'm just dying to know anyone's going to ask about the shoulder injury. No questions. They only asked about the ankle. And I'm thinking, are you guys crazy? Are you not seeing the same thing I was seeing? Because Tyler Horgan and Jack Sobel know that I pride myself on these awesome binoculars I have in the press box. And I'm 
always keep an eye on the Notre Dame sideline. And sure enough, this week, Deshaun Watson's broken bone and shoulder out for the season. So How about that? I don't want to take too much of a victory lap there, but basically just uh, always the, the reporter in me and my, my uh, blinders are always on. I'm always uh, looking out for certain things. And that's how I met Jeremiah Wusakormo's dad. After the Browns game, I just want to hang around, see what developed. And I noticed that uh, Jeremiah went to the stands afterward and there was uh, a group of people he said hello to and there was uh, his father. So nice. that kind of wraps up my time in Baltimore. I had a great trip. It was great to – kind of get behind the scenes of uh, St. Francis Academy a little bit as Notre Dame tries to make some waves there, try to make some connections at that school myself, and hopefully those can be of use to us uh, later down the road. Yeah. So um, there was one other topic, but we're going to have to save it for next week. Um, In terms of upcoming travel, um, I will be in Florida next week seeing family and I'm going to see a couple Notre Dame commits down there. Um, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, and then uh, I'm going to the all American bowl. I will be there that week. Um, and Kyle will be in Orlando for the Under Armour all America game. So um, your boys will be, uh, you know, all over the place, uh, you know, uh, for the all-star games. So it's it's going to be interesting. All my family lives in, in the Clearwater, Florida area, and um, Notre Dame's probably going to end up playing in Tampa. I would imagine Tampa, you know, for a bowl game. I won't be able to go to that game because I'll be in San Antonio, and then you'll probably be in Orlando. So I wonder if you're going to get to go to the game. The bowl no game. shot. No <laughs> shot. Don't expect Don't expect me there, folks. I got maybe a heavy work. <laughs> maybe it's in Orlando because there's bowl games in Orlando. So maybe Notre Dame ends up in Orlando. You're in town. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. That'd be that'd be sick. I would be a fan of that. I would welcome that. But yeah, I'm expecting a heavy dose of recruiting coverage for the uh, All American game. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you to our sponsors, Augie's Locker Room, My Perfect Franchise, and of course, Prize Picks. If you have not done so yet, folks, hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. Saturday after the game, Tim Hyde and I will be live on this YouTube page to break down Notre Dame Wake Forest. Sunday, Mike Goolsby show. And, of course, we'll do it all again next week leading up to Notre Dame Stanford. So, again, appreciate you all for making Blue and Gold part of your day. And, as always, folks, we will catch you next time.